Today's scripture is from the book of Acts, chapter 17, verses 22 through 31. Then Paul stood in front of the Areopagus and said, Athenians, I see how extremely religious you are in every way. For as I went through the city and looked carefully at the objects of your worship, I found among them an altar with the inscription, To an unknown God. What therefore you worship is unknown, this I proclaim to you, the God who made the world and everything in it, he who is Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in shrines made by human hands, nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all mortals life and breath and all things. From one ancestor he made all nations to inhabit the whole earth, and he allotted the times of their existence and the boundaries of the places where they would live, so that they would search for God and perhaps grope for him and find him, though indeed he is not far from each one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being, as even some of your own poets have said, for we too are his offspring." Since we are God's offspring, we ought not to think that the deity is like gold or silver or stone, an image formed by the art and imagination of mortals. While God has overlooked the times of human ignorance, now he commands all people everywhere to repent, because he has fixed a day on which he will have the world judged in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed. And of this he has given assurance to all, by raising him from the dead. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. We live in the most connected time in all of history. Uh, just yesterday, I had a chance to uh, take my family up towards Huntsville, and uh, my best friend brought his family down from uh, Nashville. So we kind of we kind of met in the middle in Huntsville for. Um, uh, 
Madison Trash Pandas baseball game. And, uh, and we had a good time just kind of uh, getting to see each other and hang out for a little while. But, uh, but something incredible happened uh, about the eighth inning that just really stuck with me. Um, as uh, I was coming back down the, the stairs in our section and I had uh, three sprites uh, kind of precariously uh, held in my hands as I was going down some steps, uh, something amazing and incredibly sporting happened in the game that I completely missed. Uh, but everybody jumped up and started cheering, and, and, and this guy right there on the side of the steps as I was going down jumped up and was cheering about what happened on the field, but, but in his right hand, he was holding an iPhone watching a completely different baseball game, also cheering about what was going on in that at the same exact moment. Uh, we live in a connected time that is unlike anything else. Uh, my children can come home from school at 3 o'clock, and they know that if they call their grandmother right then at that moment, that they can talk to her in Sweden right before she goes to bed. Uh, but they have to do it quick because she doesn't like to stay up too late. Um, it's amazing the connections that we have of all the different things that happen around us um, just this weekend, uh, just kind of watching the news, um, we could have um, participated and watched a historic coronation in England. Um, you could have watched a horse race at Churchill Downs yesterday. Um, if you're interested in geopolitics for the first time ever in a combat situation, um, an allied defense uh, was able to shoot down a hypersonic missile from Russia, uh, potentially opening up um, ways to save hundreds and thousands of lives in warfare. Uh, we were connected in the way that we heard that there was another mass shooting in Allen, Texas. We, we carry these connections that no matter how far away, uh, whether it's in Ukraine or whether it's in Sweden or whether it's in Texas or in, in Kentucky or any of the other places that we may have been connected to stories and events that we've seen, we, we carried that with us. Somehow we, we felt emotion, we felt some sort of connection, whether it was grief or whether it was jubilation, we found in this really bizarre way our connection with so many things, no matter how far we were apart. But something else happened this weekend in the news of all these ways that we were connected. The, the Surgeon General got up and he shared a report, an, an advisory report of something that's happening in the United States that they've begun to notice is having drastic consequences. There is an epidemic of loneliness. Even going back to numbers and statistics that go back before the pandemic, before COVID-19 and the separation and the distances that we've experienced over the last several years, before that even, more than one in two Americans, 54% of Americans reported persistent loneliness and isolation and disconnection. So how is it that, that we go from the most connected time in our history to feeling some of the most disconnected that we've ever been? It's no wonder that the world sometimes feels like it's spinning out of control. We, 
have distractions and pressures that push and pull on us, and we feel connected to other things and disconnected from some, and it's so disorienting. And so where is our faith in all of this? Where is God in any of this? The good news is, God is much closer than we ever realize. More connected than we've ever dared to imagine. And impossible to unweave ourselves from. And all that we experience in this life. Over the last several weeks, we've been uh, preaching through stories of Jesus' appearance to the disciples through a sermon series called Jesus Everywhere. And we've talked about Jesus appearing at the road to Emmaus, Jesus appearing in the upper room, and uh, Jesus appearing along the lake at the Sea of Galilee as the disciples were fishing. And then today, we find ourselves further along, 17 chapters into the book of Acts, as Jesus has already ascended back to heaven. Uh, The Apostle Paul is walking through the city of Athens and yet finds a way to bring us back to the truth and the good news and the reminder that Jesus is everywhere, even when we don't recognize him at first, as close as our next breath. In our scripture reading this morning, the Apostle Paul, as we find him in Athens, uh, arguing with uh, Epicurean and Stoic philosophers, really going toe-to-toe with some of the most uh, sophisticated and intellectual minds in the Mediterranean world, we find uh, Paul is also in a unique situation. Uh, The first time that he's experienced this particular type of situation throughout all of his missionary journeys up to this point. That if you follow Paul from his conversion on the road to Damascus to now here in Athens, this moment, as he's arguing with the philosophers in Athens, is the first time in his missionary journeys that he's alone. That he's by himself. The last two cities that he visited, it did not end well. To the point from Thessalonica, the religious leaders and the authorities, they they said that they incited a mob in order to drag the believers and uh, those that were following and listening to Paul out of their houses, into the streets. They they held them in trials. When they left from Thessalonica, they went to Berea. Uh, The mobs followed them. And even though they found people that were more willing to listen to them in the next city, the mobs began to stir up trouble again to the point that they had to to quietly shuffle Paul out of the city towards the coast. And eventually having him go and stay in Athens. And they said, just stay here until Silas and the others can join you at a later time. So Paul's isolated disconnected, cut off from that support network that's been so helpful, that's been so transformative for him over the the last several journeys that he's made on uh, this new exploration of sharing the gospel and uh, all the different cities and towns and routes that he's traveled through the Mediterranean world. At this point, he's by himself. And so he takes a walk. And he walks around through town. And he's amazed by what he sees. And he's amazed because what he sees 
doesn't necessarily match what he's hearing. And he says to the Athenians, you are an extremely religious people. You guys are so religious, you don't even know all the gods you have altars to. You've created altars to gods that you just might have forgotten about or don't yet know about. An unnamed God. And so with as connected as you are to all these gods, as connected to you, as you are to, to all these philosophies and thoughts pursuing the, the truth and the purpose of life, whether it's the avoidance of pain or the pursuit of passion, whatever philosophy or whatever religion you're facing, I'm here to tell you that you've been disconnected from the one that you've known before any of the others and never realized it. This God who's unnamed, Paul says, I want to introduce you to him. And he begins to tell him that you have been more connected to this one that you've had no idea about more than you've ever realized. Because you're not going to find him in stones and statues. You're not going to find him in gold and silver. You're going to find him moving and breathing and showing up and transforming and creating in all the spaces that you go, will go, and have ever gone. Not only do you know this God, not only have you been around this God, but you have been breathing in the very life of this God from the moment you were born. You have never been alone, even when you didn't know his name. A connection and a life that is so thorough, that is so complete, that the very nature and fabric of creation testifies that God is with us and that we are never alone. And so in a place where Paul, maybe at this point in his journey, is as disconnected as he's ever been, still finds that connection to the story and the life of God that not only encourages him, but then he begins to share with an entire city who has no idea about any of the events that's happened down in Jerusalem. When they hear stories of the resurrection, they say, man, this babbler, this storyteller, has something at least interesting to say. And not only does he have something interesting to say, but something that brings them to, to, together in a way that they've never possibly imagined. And so this word that we have for us in times where we do feel alone, we feel isolated. We feel overwhelmed. We're reminded of that good news that even Paul shares here in Athens and even here for us today. That the very life and witness and spirit of God is here with us. Closer than we can ever possibly imagine. And so when we feel so disconnected, How incredible is it that we can take a moment and stop and breathe in 
and breathe out. And realize that that's not air that we're breathing, but the very life of God. The very Spirit of God poured out among us that weaves us together into a community, into a fabric that is so diverse and is so wide and is so thorough that it only begins to capture the smallest part of our experience of who God is because God's grace is just that large that it's nothing that we can ever possibly imagine. And so when we want to see God in the world, when we're feeling disconnected, when we're feeling alone, when we're feeling separated and isolated, one of the best testimonies and one of the best witnesses that we can have to see the face and the life of God in the world today is to look beside us into the face of others. We have imprinted on us, we have written inside of us, we have the very image of the maker of all creation. As we're made in God's image, the very nature of creation testifying that God is with us, and we sometimes first see it in the face of others. As we remember, we are all children of God, all part of God's story and God's life and God's witness. Now, as a, as a young Southern evangelical, when I was coming up in church, I was always taught that, that God lives in my heart, right? But it's more than that. God does, just doesn't live in our hearts. We live in God's heart. Brought together and surrounded and tied to, together in a fabric in a community that is so thorough that God himself would put flesh on and come down to be with us in community with us to share salvation and grace and life and mercy. And that gets to be part of our testimony and our story to the world. That this God that we breathe in and breathe out, who's created all that is around us that, that can't be captured in, in wood or stone or gold and silver, can be seen most clearly in the way that we live together with each other, the way that we treat each other, the way that we go through life together and walk in this way of God. So where is God in this world of connection and disconnection? God is closer than we've ever imagined in every breath we take. Amen and amen. Will you pray with me today? Almighty and gracious God, we give you thanks. Lord, we give you thanks for your Holy Spirit. Lord, we give you thanks for your Word and your Son. God, we give you thanks that we are a part of your story, that we breathe your breath, and Lord, are a part of the fabric of your creation. Lord, you've chosen to be with us. Help us to see your face. Lord, help us to see your life and to carry that life out into the world. As we pray all these things in Jesus' name, amen and amen.